0: Is Perry Hereford armed?
1: Yea, at all points, and longs to enter in.
0: The Duke of Norfolk, sprightly and bold, stays but the summons of the appellant's
1: trumpet. Why then, the champions are prepared, and stay for nothing but His Majesty's approach.
2: Marshal, demand of yonder champion the cause of his arrival here in arms. Ask him his name and orderly proceed to swear him in the justice of his cause.
0: In God's name and the king's, say who thou art and why thou comest thus knightly clad in arms, against what man thou comest and what thy quarrel. Speak truly on thy knighthood and thy oath, as so defend thee heaven and thy valor.
1: My name is Thomas Mowbray, Duke of Norfolk, who hither come engaged by my oath, which God defend a knight should violate, both to defend my loyalty and truth to God, my king, and my succeeding issue. Against the Duke of Hereford, it appeals me, by the grace of God in this mine arm, to prove him in defending of myself, a traitor to my God, my king, and me. And as I truly fight, defend me, heaven. <laughs>
2: Marshal, ask yonder knight in arms both who he is, and why he cometh hither, thus plated in habiliments of war, and formally, according to our law, depose him in the justice of his cause.
0: What is thy name, and wherefore comest thou hither, before King Richard in his royal lists? Against whom comest thou, and what's thy quarrel? Speak like a true knight,
3: so defend thee heaven. Harry of Hereford, Lancaster, and Derby, am I who ready here to stand in arms to prove, by God's grace and my body's valor, enlists on Thomas Mowbray, Duke of Norfolk, that he's a traitor foul and dangerous, to God of Heaven, King Richard, and to me, and as I truly fight, defend me, Heaven. On pain
0: of death, no person be so bold or daring hardy as to touch the lists, except the
3: Marshal and such officers appointed to direct these fair designs. Lord Marshal, let me kiss my Sovereign's hand, and bow my knee before His Majesty. For Margaret and myself are like two men that vow a long and weary pilgrimage. Then let us take ceremonious leave and loving farewell of our several friends. The Appellant
0: in all duty greets Your Highness, and craves to kiss your hand and take his leave.
2: We will descend and fold him in our arms. Cousin of Herford, as thy cause is right, so be thy fortune in this royal fight. Farewell, my blood, which if today thou shed, lament we may, but not revenge thee dead.
3: O oh, let no noble eye profane a tear for me if I be gored with Mowbray's spear. As confident as is the falcon's flight against a bird do I with Mowbray fight. My loving lord, I take my leave of you. Of you, my noble cousin, Lord Omro. Not sick, although I have to do with death, but lust young and cheerly drawing breath. lo, as at the English feast, so I regret the daintiest last to make the end most sweet. O thou, the earthly author of my blood, whose youthful spirit in me regenerate, doth with a twofold vigor lift me up to reach at victory above my head. Add proof unto mine armor with thy prayers and with thy blessing steal my lance's point, that it may enter Mowbray's waxen coat and furbish new the name of John of Gaunt, even in the lusty Javier's son.
4: God and thy good cause make thee prosperous. Be swift like lightning in the execution, and let thy blows, doubly redoubled, fall like amazing thunder on the cask
3: of thy adverse, pernicious enemy. Rouse up thy youthful blood, valiant, and live mine innocence and saint george to thrive
1: however god or fortune cast my lot there lives or dies true to king richard's throne a loyal just and upright gentleman never did captive with a freer heart cast off his chains of bondage and embrace his golden uncontrolled enfranchisement more than my dancing soul doth celebrate this feast of battle with mine adversary most mighty liege and my companion peers Take from my mouth the wish of happy years. As gentle and as jocund as suggest, go I to fight. Truth hath a quiet rest.
2: Farewell, my lord. Securely I espy virtue with valor couched in thine eye. Order the trial, Marshal, and begin.
0: Harry of Hereford, Lancaster, and Derby, receive thy lance, and God defend the right. Strong as a tower in hope, I cry amen. Go bear this lance to Thomas, Duke of Norfolk.
1: Harry of Hereford, Lancaster, and Derby, stand here for God, his sovereign, and himself, on pain to be found false and recreant, to prove the Duke of Norfolk, Thomas Mowbray, a traitor to his God, his King, and him, and dares him to set forward to this fight.
4: Here standeth Thomas Mowbray, Duke of Norfolk, on pain to be found false and recreant, both to defend himself and to approve Henry of Hereford, Lancaster, and Derby, to God, his sovereign and to him disloyal, courageously, and with a free desire attending but the signal to begin.
0: Sound trumpets, and set forward combatants. Stay! The king hath thrown his warder down.
2: Let them lay by their helmets and their spears, and both return back to their chairs again. Withdraw with us, and let the trumpet sound, while we return these dukes what we decree. Draw near, and list what with our counsel we have done. For that our kingdom's earth should not be soiled with that dear blood which it hath fostered, And for our eyes do hate the dire aspect of civil wounds plowed up with neighbor's sword, and for we think the eagle-winged pride, of sky-aspiring and ambitious thoughts with rival-hating envy set on you to wake our peace, which in our country's cradle draws the sweet infant breath of gentle sleep, which so roused up with boisterous, untuned drums, with harsh, resounding trumpets, dreadful bray, and grating shock of wrathful iron arms, might from our quiet confines fright fair peace, and make us wade even in our kindred's blood, therefore we banish you our territories. You, Cousin Hereford, upon pain of life, till twice five summers have enriched our fields, shall not regret our fair dominions, but tread the stranger paths of banishment.
3: It will be done this must my comfort be the sun that warms you here shall shine on me and those his golden beams to you here lent shall point on me and gild my banishment
2: norfolk for thee remains a heavier doom which i with some unwillingness pronounce the sly slow hours shall not determine it the dateless limit of thy dear exile the hopeless word of never to return,
1: breathe I against thee, upon pain of life. A heavy sentence, my most sovereign liege, and all unlooked for from your highness' mouth. A dearer merit, not so deep a maim, as to be cast forth in the common air, have I deserved it at your highness' hands. The language I have learnt these forty years, my native English, now I must forgo, and now my tongue's uses is to me no more than an unstringed viol or a harp. Or like a cunning instrument cased up, or being open, put into his hands that know no touch to tune the harmony, within my mouth you have enjailed my tongue, doubly portcullised with my teeth and lips, and dull, unfeeling, barren ignorance is made my jailer to attend on me. I am too old to fawn upon a nurse, too far in years to be a pupil now. What is thy sentence? Then speechless death, which robs my tongue from breathing native breath.
2: It boots thee not to be compassionate. After our sentence, plaining comes too late.
1: And thus I turn me from my country's light to dwell in solemn shades of endless night.
2: Return again and take an oath with thee. Lay on our royal sword your banished hands. Swear by the duty that you owe to God. Our part therein we banish with yourselves to keep the oath that we administer. You never shall, so help you truth and God, embrace each other's love in banishment nor never look upon each other's face, nor never write, regret, nor reconcile this lowering tempest of your home-bred hate, nor never by advised purpose meet to plot, contrive, or complot any ill against us, our state, our subjects, or our land.
3: I swear.
1: And I to keep all this.
3: Lord folk, so far as to mine enemy. By this time had the king permitted us, one of our souls had wandered in the air. Banish this frail sepulcher of our flesh, and as now our flesh is banished from this land. Confess thy treason's ere thou fly the realm. Since thou hast far to go, bear not along the clogging burden of a guilty soul.
1: No, Bullingbrook, if ever I were traitor, my name be plotted from the book of life, and I from heaven banished as from hence. But what thou art, God, thou and I do know. And all too soon, I fear, the king shall rue. Farewell, my liege, now no way can I stray. Say back to England, all the world's my way.
2: Uncle, even in the glasses of thine eyes I see thy grieved heart. Thy sad aspect hath from the number of his banished years plucked four away. Six frozen winters spent, Return with welcome home from banishment.
3: How long a time lies in one little word. Four lagging winters and four wanton springs end in a word. Such is the breath of kings.
4: I thank my liege that in regard of me he shortens four years of my son's exile. But little vantage shall I reap thereby, for ere the six years that he hath to spend can change their moons and bring their times about, my oil-dried lamp and time-bewasted light shall be extinct with age and endless night. My inch of taper will be burned and done, And blindfold death not let me see my son.
2: Why, uncle, thou hast many years to live.
4: But not a minute, king, that thou canst give. Shorten my days, thou canst, with sullen sorrow, And pluck nights from me, but not lend a morrow. Thou canst help time to furrow me with age, But stop no wrinkle in his pilgrimage. Thy word is current with him for my death, but dead thy kingdom cannot buy my breath.
2: Thy son is banished upon good advice, whereto thy tongue a party verdict gave. Why at our justice seems thou then to lower?
4: Things sweet to taste prove digestion sour. You urged me as a judge, but I had rather you would have made me argue like a father. Oh, had it been a stranger, not my child, to smooth his fault, I would have been more mild. A partial slander sought I to avoid, and in the sentence my own life destroyed. Alas, I looked when some of you should say I was too strict to make mine own away, but you gave leave to my unwilling tongue against my will to do myself this wrong.
2: Cousin, farewell, and uncle bid him so. Six years we banish him, and he shall go.
1: Cousin, farewell. What presents must not know. From where you do remain, let paper show.
0: My lord, no leave take I, for I will ride as far as land will let me. By your
3: side.
4: Oh, to what purpose dost thou hoard thy words, that thou return'st no greeting to thy friends?
3: I have too few to take my leave of you, when the tongue's office should be prodigal, to breathe the abundant delure of the heart.
4: Thy grief is but thy absence for a time.
3: Joy absent, grief is present for that time. What is six winters? They are quickly gone. Men enjoy, but grief makes one hour ten.
4: Call it a travel that thou takes for pleasure.
3: My heart will sigh when I must call it so, which finds it in enforced pilgrimage.
4: The sullen passage of thy weary steps esteem as foil, wherein thou art to set the precious jewel of thy home return.
3: Nay, every, rather every tedious stride I make will but remember me of what a deal of world I wander from the jewels that I love. Must I not serve a long apprenticeship to foreign passages, and in the end, having my freedom, boast of nothing else but that I was a journeyman to grief?
4: All places that the eye of heaven visits are to a wise man ports and happy havens. Teach thy necessity to reason thus. There is no virtue like necessity. Think not the king did banish thee, but thou the king. Woe, doth the heavier sit where it perceives it is but faintly born. Go, say I sent thee forth to purchase honor, and not the king exile thee. Or suppose devouring pestilence hangs in our air, that thou art flying to a flusher clime. Look what the soul holds dear. Imagine it to lie the way thou goest, not whence thou comest. Suppose the singing birds, musicians, the grass wherein thou treadst, the present strewed, the flowers, fair ladies, and thy steps no more than a delightful measure or a dance. For gnarling sorrow hath less power to bite the man that mocks at it and sets it light.
3: Who can hold a fire in his hand by thinking on the frosty Caucasus, or cloy the hungry edge of appetite by bare imagination of a feast? Or or wallow naked in December snow By thinking on fantastic summer's heat. Oh, no, the apprehension of the good Gives but the greater feeling to the worst. Fell sorrow's tooth doth never rankle more Than when he bites but lanceth not the sore.
4: Come, come, my son, I'll bring thee on thy way. Had I thy youth and cause,
3: I would not stay. Then England's ground farewell. Sweet soil adieu. My mother and my nurse that bears me yet. Where I wander, boast of this I can. Though banished, yet a true-born Englishman.